Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Psalms 92. Psalms 92. Are we there? Let's begin with the 13th verse. If you're there, say amen. One, two, three, let's go. Read it again. Mm -hmm. Read it again. Mm -hmm. Of our God. Uh huh. Next verse. They shall bring forth in old age and they shall be they're not talking about your fatness <laughs> hallelujah they're talking about another kind of fatness hallelujah the bible says that they that be planted in the house of the lord shall what flourish in his what in his courts and the bible says they shall what still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. Somebody say, it's mine. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ, it's mine. Say it again and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, it's mine. Hallelujah. So, in the Bible says that they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in his courts. It's a guarantee that even when they are old, the Bible says they'll bring forth fruit. You understand? They'll bring forth what? Fruit. They shall still bring forth fruit. Give me the Amplified of the same. Uh-huh. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in what? Growing in what? And they shall still bring forth fruit in old. They shall be full of what? Sir. Of spiritual what? Vitality. And rich in the what? Vajra of, <laughs> the word, of trust. Love and contentment. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that they that are planted in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. They that are planted in the house of the Lord. Let me share something. Let me start this way. There are people who you see ministering now, but might not minister in a few years to come. There are people who used to minister back in their years but they are not ministering right now. There are people who used to worship in a certain glory back in their hours, but now they don't worship now. There are people who are excelling in their fields of work, but when time comes in future, they might not excel. There are people who are rich in this world now, but in a few years to come, they will be poor. There were people who were once rich when we were growing up, but now when we look at them, they're poor. Now, I'm talking of a fruit 
that gives you the guarantee of results even when you're old. I'm not talking about the place where you are up, you know. One time I was, you know, talking with God and I said, God, it's wonderful when you anoint men and raise people up, but it's a very sad story when a man does not finish well. That is why I've realized for a fact as a Christian, as a minister, or as a believer in Christ Jesus, that it's very important to carry the mind of your end in everything that you're doing. Because if you don't carry the mind of your end, chances are that you might walk a life of frustration one day when you wake up to the uttermost disappointment of the life that you've lived and the opportunities that you had to live the life that God had set before you And then one time you're too old and gray to even walk a mile or a second or an inch of it. It is frustrating not to do the work of God and to live the life that God has created you in this world to live. Hallelujah. That is why they come to Jesus and they ask him, have you had any meat? And Jesus tells them, this is my meat. My meat is to do the will of the Father and to accomplish it because he knows how important it is To start and finish. It's very important to start and finish. But finishing well. Somebody say amen. Today I just want to take you through that journey and show a few things. Hallelujah. Why? Because you and I know, okay, that until we stop just painting patterns eh, and start to become the patterns of the real gospel and start to leave the patterns that are laid down in the word, we will not get what God wants us to get. Praise the Lord Jesus. What is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Many Christians don't even understand what is the perfect will of God concerning their life. Some live a good life in God, and they call that perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's very, very key, very, very important for every child of God to register it in their heart to know that it's very important for us, even when we are old, to bring forth fruit. Say amen. To bring forth fruit, even in our old age. That you'll be 90, but you'll still be producing results. You'll be 80, but you'll still be moving with God. You'll be 70, but you'll still be anointed. Still be hearing. Still be deep. Still be used of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That your season will live as long as your time on the earth. But even deeper, that you will live a life way beyond your life in the body. And that is the prayer that the psalmist prayed. He says that when I was young, Lord, you taught me. And I revealed your power to them. Hallelujah. This is the psalmist. There was a time when he was young. And he says that when I was young, you used me. You understand? And I revealed your power to all of them that were there. He says, oh, thou hast taught me. From my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Uh-huh. And he says, and now also, when I'm what? Old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength and to this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Mare Bosta. To everyone that is to come. The psalmist had a mind in the spirit that one day the power of God would be revealed to us through him even when he's long gone. So he did not minister only to his generation. He also ministered to the generation that is to come. Some people are going to die very sad deaths. She was a good banker. He was a successful engineer. He was a good businessman. He was a wonderful worshiper. You understand? Listen, you don't need to die that way. 
Hallelujah. There is more to God than everything that we have done in this world. And God help us finish with a certain testimony. There is a way we have to finish. People must write about you. In the name of Jesus Christ. But look at the mind of this guy. He says, I pray that when I'm old, don't forsake me until I have shown your power to this generation and the generations to come. God had to sustain the glory and an anointing on a man's life. Even up to now, when I read the Psalms and I say the Lord is my shepherd, they carry a certain weight of glory. Why? Because the prayer that he had and the honest hunger and thirst that he had toward the things of God was that he would do something that will echo through eternity, that will exist as long as the earth remaineth, that he will do something that it doesn't matter how many years he's gone, it will still be read. If you're writing, that you'll write a book that people will read even in a hundred years to come. If you're singing a song, worshiper, that they don't just listen to your CD and then one time put it in the back because there's a new kid on the block. No. That's why I tell people, there's something with our nation. There's something with our generation. You understand? You sing hymns like, Rock of ages, clap for me. How old is that song? How old is that song? I wish I could see. It was written by Augustus Montague to play the, You understand? Centuries ago. But somebody knows it in 2015. And a musician sings a song just last year. Releases an album two years ago. Second year we don't even know where his city was. And then I used to ask myself, why is the glory of the worshippers of our generation the same as the glory of the men of the world? I understand if Unleash the Dragon is not a hit anymore. But I don't understand if a worshipper's song can't be played anymore. God help us. See, I'm trying to tell you that, if, for example, if I'm a preacher, I want something upon my life that even if it's 200 years to come, somebody will hear it and say, man, that you God. Do you understand? I want something that no man has seen. I want something that no ear has heard. I want something that has not entered the hearts of men. I want something that when somebody sees it, it has a signature. That is only and could have been Apostle Grace Rubega. Put your name. Put your name. Put your name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. But it's a fallen life to minister what men one time recycle and then after that put in a bin and throw away and say that is not necessary. That was not beneficial. God help us. You know what has destroyed our generation? Huh? People come to God because they want miracles. They want signs. They want wonders. Somebody needs a job. They're tired of believing God for a man. They need a brand new car. The landlord is shaking them so they don't even want to stay at home <laughs> because if the landlord finds them, they say, ah, so you understand? So the guy says, ah, escape route, Fanero Thursday. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But you see, now our heart is panting for a generation that will come because they want God. Let me tell you something, and I promise you this. There is something coming in Uganda. I mean, I've been telling people every other day there is something coming up in our nation. It is slow, but it is very sure. 
You understand? It is slowly catching up with people. Not that in its own self it's slow, but because people are slow to catch it. Are you hearing me? But I promise you this, that we are writing history in this nation. Some of the greatest people that have ever lived in this nation are alive in this room. They are seated somewhere. They are seated somewhere. Have you ever been in a place where you see something in the spirit and then you're like, oh my God, is this us, Lord? And then you need, not because you don't believe, but because you've not seen it anywhere. We're going somewhere. Tell your neighbor we're going somewhere. Tell somebody we're going somewhere. But God moved the church to a place where we carry a conviction that is after God. And not after only what he can give us. And that's okay for us to receive of the Lord. But can we carry a conviction that is of the Lord? Only to know him. This is eternal life, the Bible says. That you might know the one true God and his only son, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says that they that are planted in the house of the Lord, the Bible says they shall flourish. And the Lord started to tell me, (laughs) there are many who are not planted. They are not planted. They just attend fellowships. They are not planted. They just go to Sunday services. They are not planted. They just visit. They are not planted. You understand? They just go everywhere. There is something they need. You understand? They are not planted. They are. You understand? Where is it next? You understand? Where is it next? Where is it next? You understand? They are not planted. They are not planted. So if we are not planted, how can we flourish? In his courts. How can we produce results when we're old if we're not planted? Do you know how many people are not planted? It is surprising the percentage of Christians, even in this room, who are not planted. They just go, hmm, where is it? Huh? Okay. Fanero, okay. You understand? You understand? But you see, we are not planted. Not that it's wrong to visit ministries or to go and be ministered to anywhere else. No. But are you planted? Do you know the meaning of what it means to be planted in the house of the Lord? Are you established in the house of the Lord? Do you know, the church is like a whore to God. You understand? We are espoused to many things. We appear to carry a certain life and knowledge. But we are espoused to many things and very indifferent to the mind of the spirit. Let me tell you something. That probably is the biggest pain in my life. eh? And I know all of you are going to agree with this. There are nations in this world. Okay. That. Okay let me start this way. Every nation carries its yoke. Different nations carry different yokes. Are you with me? Different nations carry different. Yokes. You probably might find more drugs in the United States of America than here. But you might find more HIV here than the United States of America. Do you understand? Because every nation carries their own what? Yoke. But the biggest yoke that I've seen in our nation, Uganda, is the fact that we are an orphaned nation. We are orphaned. Some of you are going to understand in a while. We don't really have many, oh, any. Let me tell you, we are orphaned. If you have to go down to define what um, spiritual authority is, what fathering is, what submission is, what accountability is, because that's the beginning of planting. We are very often, 
The other day I found a guy and asked him, who are you submitted to? He told me, the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah, I understand. We're all submitted to the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the Son, and the Trinity. Who in the body are you submitted to? The guy said, no, me, I don't need to submit to a man. Me, I submit to, to God. You understand? I was, I was, I understood where he's coming from. Because I can tell you, even where he was raised, he never saw his father, his pastor account. So how can you blame this guy who is only a victim of a story he's trying to replay? We don't even have fathers to open our ministries. We have to go to politicians to cut the... You understand? We can't even give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. What business do you have opening a spiritual ministry with a political hand? Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. God told Moses and told him that and it shall come to pass. No, Exodus. Exodus. He told him, take thou unto thee Aaron thine what? Thine brother and his sons with what? With him from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, and what? And Aaron's sons. Are you hearing me? And thou, listen, shall make holy garments for what? For Aaron, your brother, for glory and beauty. 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 Because, you see, one time I told people that you can carry an anointing that makes a lame man walk. But if you don't carry the glory of the anointing you profess, men won't come to see. You can sing a very nice song and have a very gifted anointing to write and do good songs. But if you don't carry a certain glory upon your life, men won't come for your concert. Listen, anointings do the miracles. The glory attracts the people we need. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? That is the difference between the anointing and the glory. The anointing of God can do anything in your life. Do you know how many healing ministers can't have ministries and cannot even have meetings? Do you know how many apostles can't have meetings? Do you know how many prophets can prophesy, but they can't even pastor? They can't even raise ten people. Are they gifted? Yes. Do you know how many teachers? Do you know how many men with gifts of faith are in this nation? Do you know how many anointed worshippers in this nation? But they don't carry a certain glory upon their lives. Because where there is a garment, there is a glory. Never forget it. And you see, that's why some of you should understand the Hebrew translation for the word garment eh, is covering. Do you understand? Where there is covering, there is a what? There is a glory. Whether you want it or not, let me say this before you, whether you want it or not, eh, there is a price of a man who went before you in whose glory you share. In whose glory you share. We are where we are in our nation, Uganda, because of certain men who went ahead of us. They covered that part. And that's undeniable. You're not your own guy who thinks that because you're this. I mean, Paul, he says, I am the greatest of all the apostles. He says, no man taught me this gospel. He left Damascus and went to Arabia, separated of God. But after three years in Damascus, 
God told Paul, you're never going to make one step ahead until you carry your nonsense and take it to a guy called James and Peter. You need them. He even had to go through a point of convincing them. He says, but I satisfy to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached unto me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. But after the revelation of Jesus Christ, Paul realizes, oh, oh, I need a certain covering. He says, after three years in Damascus, I went to Jerusalem. And then the Bible says, I told Peter these things. And after speaking to Peter these things, the Bible says, I also spoke to James. And he says, to no other apostle did I speak to except Peter. And who? James. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you read the verses before, I don't know whether that's the same verse, Aiden. Yes. Uh-huh. Then after three years, thank you. Give me the message version of that. He says, after three years, now I want to show you something very sensitive. He says, but it was three years before I went up to Jerusalem to compare stories with who? Even though no man told me this gospel, I realized that I needed a certain guy to cover me. Are you with me? To cover what? Me. Did God call Paul? Yes. Did God separate Paul? Yes. Had God sent Paul? Yes. Now, it would be pride for Paul to say, me, because God has sent me. That is why in Galatians 2, 2 he says, we're going to come back there to 18. But in 2, 2 he says, and how I went up by revelation and communicated and to what? Them that the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, he says, but privately to them which were of reputation, least by any means I should run and had run in vain. Was he revealed to by God? Yes. But he realized one thing, that if I don't commit this thing to men which are of reputation, even in my depths of revelation, my ministry can sink. Now, a guy wakes up with his funny excitement and says, God showed it to me. I don't care and I don't give a damn. I don't need to listen to any man. I can't submit it to anybody. If God tells you something, honey, just move. No, darling, look for men of reputation. Because you can carry revelation, Peter, or Paul, and then you get to a point, and God tells you that even though you had too much wisdom, you ran for nothing. How many people are too clever, but they failed in life? There are very many. How many ministers are too anointed, but they failed in life? How many ministers, not too much? Have you been around a guy, he speaks, and you're like, but... Why, why isn't his tone shut? You understand? You can't compare. You ask you, how come this guy knows too much? Let me tell you the truth. He didn't know how to get meat. Because the Bible says that the worker is worthy of their meat. Listen, every man here is worthy of their meat. You are the amount of money you have in your life. You are the amount of glory around you. You are. You are responsible. You can say how. You are. If you're in need because of another man, even you one time, there will be a necessity that you lose it and need to get it. <laughs> Why? Because there is a necessity for you to understand that it's important for you to know that when the Bible says that the worker is worthy of his meat, everything you do in God has a ripple effect of edification and raising you up. Men just don't be. Ladies and gentlemen, men just don't be. So Paul knows that he has revelation, but he realizes, no, if I don't commit this to men which are of reputation, if I don't believe that up there there is somebody who can check my message, I might run my race in vain. 
This is maturity. Because he knows there is necessity for a certain garment upon him. That's why in Galatians 1.18, that's when he explains that I went up in the message version. He says, but it was three years before I went up to what? To Jerusalem to compare stories with Peter. I was there for 15 days. But oh, what days there were. That means when he got there, he put stories there and Peter didn't agree. But he realized he cannot leave Jerusalem until Peter agrees. That's why he says, oh, what days they were. That means there was a contention. I'm receiving the message of his grace from the islands of Arabia. I didn't get it from Jerusalem under Gamaliel or anything. The Peter guy I'm speaking to has stayed legal. You understand? He has stayed legal. Listen, Peter was more legal than you can think. That is why the scriptures tell you very clearly that when the shit comes from heaven and falls like this, and God tells Peter, kill and eat. Uh, Leviticus, I shall not eat anything uncommon. My Lord, he says, Lord, I shall... This is the Lord telling him, kill and eat. This is him telling the Lord that I will not kill and eat. This is serious. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? He says, I have never eaten anything that is unclean. Same guy. That is why even in the same experiences of Galatia, the Bible tells us that one time he was at meat with the Gentiles. And then when some Jewish guys came from Judea and Paul coming along, and when he saw, when they saw Peter, the Bible says the guy, eh? that's why he says, and I openly rebuked Peter. Because even though Peter was born again, he stayed with a certain legal mind. Now, this guy's bringing the message of his grace, told to him in Arabia, and he wants to compare notes with a Levitical fellow. Fifteen days, but the Bible says, but oh, what days they were. Because I think they just used to wake up in the morning, have a bath, you know, shower, get some breakfast, and then they start, uh uh-huh, so what did God tell you? (laughs) You understand? Because Peter was a slow learner. He also claims it and says, eh, don't ignore the, the things that our brother Paul preaches of the love of God and his long suffering. He says also, and account not that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also has according to the wisdom given unto him, written unto you. You guys don't ignore that guy's message. You understand? He says, uh-huh, as in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, which are some things hard to be understood. Even Peter knows that these things are hard. So he needed 15 days. So when a person says, oh, you're preaching the grace message, it is so hard. Listen, Peter needed 15 days. But the people who have not even heard it, they are judging it already. You understand? So, do you see? So he says, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures and to their own destruction. Uh-huh. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, be where at least you also be led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Uh-huh. But grow in what? In the law. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forevermore. He speaks some hard stuff. Peter knew. He's a slow learner, but this guy needed to commit it to a man of reputation because he needed a certain garment over him. Same thing. He tells Aaron in Exodus 28, where I said, he tells Moses, make some garments for who? For Aaron. Uh-huh. Verse 2. Uh-huh. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory. And for what? For beauty. Because that's what spells in any man who is under the garment. He carries a certain glory and beauty. Now the Bible says, next verse, And thou shalt speak unto all that them that are wise-hearted, 
whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So Aaron becomes a priest under the covering of Moses. He does his ministry. In Exodus 29, 29, a time comes where certain things are supposed to be shifted and he gets the holy garments of that same guy and he says, and though the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed therein and to be consecrated in them. The sons of Aaron, even though they were biological sons and by reason of that could have been priests because of the Levitical order of just producing and that's it. They still needed the approval of a spiritual covering on the, the garment of their father to be anointed therein and to be consecrated. Whose garment are you? And that's why I told you, a guy wakes up and looks for a spiritual garment and there is none. And then he looks for a political garment. Do you understand? Listen to me, Christians. Don't open your businesses with political people. Leave that to the world. Okay, it was opened by so and so. No, let them visit. I repeat, let them visit. You're going to build the best hotel in the world, the best business empire in the world, and then you bring a political guy to open a spiritual entity. No, let him visit. Look for the guy who put a garment on you. That's being planted. Unless you don't want to produce fruit when you're old. Like one time I was in a conference, <laughs> and then we were five, for like four preachers, and then I told these guys, I'm going to speak for 30 minutes, but I'm sure this conference will never happen again. They all laughed like the way you laughed. You understand? Because, let me tell you the theme of the thing. Eh? They were telling us about what is wrong with the church today. What, 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 what. And then everyone started to point out, and then I stood up and told them, look, men of God, in all your respectable capacities, I beg to disagree. I told them, there are two churches. There are churches built by men, and their churches built by God. Their businesses, professions, careers, marriages built by men, and there are some which are built by God. The one which is of God uh -uh, has not fallen. Do you understand? I told them, He said, On this rock shall I build my church. And he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. If the Bible says the gates of hell shall not, they shall not. What you see failing are men's ministries. The ministry of Christ has never fallen. Jesus built us. <laughs> built us. Do you understand where I'm coming from? You see, that's the essence of his grace. The place where he is the one building you. You're not the one building yourself. He's the one building your marriage. You're not the one building yourself. He's the one building your ministry. You're not the one building yourself. He's the one building your business. You're not the one building yourself. He's the one building. If you started it, it will end. One day it will end, for sure. Because it wasn't built of God. That's why the Bible says, and the tree that my father did not plant, he said, it shall surely what? It shall surely what? Be cut down. 
That is why sometimes I'm too conscious on what am I building on. Am I on the rock of Jesus Christ? Am I on Jesus? Am I? Is he every day consistently working in me every day? Because if I don't, everything that I see one day will be no more. Everything that I see one day will be no more. Everything that you see one day will be no more. And that's the checker for every child of God. But you see, even our people who do these things, it's because they don't carry a covering above them. So how can they? How can they submit their ministries, their lives, their businesses, their stories, their careers, if there's nobody above them? Do you know how many unsubmitted Christians we have in the generation today? You see, and there's that deception because some of you think that you're going to refuse to submit to a man and submit to God. And that is total deception. What does Romans 13 tell you? Verse 1. He says, let every soul... Does anybody have a soul in this room? He says, let every soul be subject unto what? Every man in this room must listen to somebody. Do you know why marriages are failing? Because there are men who think that they are God. They don't listen. Women, help me. They don't listen to anybody. They can't be talked to. They can't be helped. They can't. They, nothing. Women, help me. Don't shout if you're near your husband because <laughs> Fanero might not end well. Am I making some sense here? Have you been around people who don't, for them they say, me, I'm only God. Listen, he didn't say higher power. He said higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. If you want to talk about power, that is God. But if you're talking about powers, they are of God. Listen, if you can obey the government and keep law and order, and then you get in the church of Christ and think that you're your own apostle and prophet, then you have a bigger problem. Am I making sense? That's why I told you, some people just start hoping everywhere. You understand? Wherever they are, they are just hoping. Tell your neighbor, you must have a power over you. Tomutia, Mugambe, you must have a power over you. And that's why, let me tell you, some of you make mistakes. Serious mistakes. That is why some people cannot reverse many things. Because they make very serious mistakes. Because Hebrews 13, 17 is clear. They watch for your souls. You don't watch over yourself, sir. It doesn't matter how handsome and big you feel you are. You don't. The Bible says they watch. It says, obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves. For they watch over your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable. You'll stop profiting. I'm planting certain people now. (laughs) The Lord told me that as we continue to increase, we're having many, many unplanted people attending meetings. And that is going to bring us trouble. Because they might produce temporal fruit. But in their old age, they might have nothing to share. The Lord spoke to me. So I have decided, I've made up my mind. That's why some people have made losses in their businesses. You never 
had somebody. The Bible says there are people, when you go back to Hebrews, you realize that there are people in this world who God gave the grace to watch for your souls. Even if you're a prophet. You think we don't hear God also? Some people say, ah, me, I hear God. Listen, you can hear for everyone and fail to hear for yourself. I'm telling you. You can see for everyone and fail to see for yourself. Why? Because there is somebody who is supposed to... Listen, do you know there are people in this world God asks about... He's supposed to ask about you before he even asks you. Do you understand what I mean? That's the principle God has. Imagine Israel is all there, but God says, no, I want to deal with Moses for the sake of Israel. They get to a point of atoning for sins. He says, no, I don't want everybody to come saying, God, we are sorry. Send one. Imagine. And he goes and offers sacrifices in the presence of God for the sake of all men. And the Bible says that they would come after the offering of cattle, blood, and ram, and what? And the Bible tells you that their consciences would be purged from sins because one guy went there on their behalf. What makes you think that God's interest is to deal with everyone? You get where I'm coming from. Even in the order of Melchizedek, of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, our forerunner, he has gone in advance for us. Are you hearing? This is Jesus. Listen, whether you want it or not, you don't account for yourself directly to God. Okay, you account for yourself directly to God. But you might never watch for your soul like you should. There are those small things in life, very small, very small, but they can change everything about you, even more seriously than some of you think. Some people literally die and lose everything they have in their lives. Because they cannot be watched over. No, me, I have to go in prayer mountain. Me, I have to fix. You fix your own things. But whether you want it or not, there are people, let me tell you, there are people in this world that they have your answer. Even if you fast and pray 20 years, God will still tell you that guy has your answer. He better not die. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Do you know there was a time a whole nation got stuck because it couldn't receive a word from God. They had to go to the grave of Samuel. They had to get sorcerers to bring. They said, no, if there is a way we can bring. But because there was a point where they needed a word from the Lord. Hey, God even me can use me, yes. But there is something on Samuel. If it needs that we have to go to the grave of that guy and dig him out. The Bible says that they had to get sorcerers to do all kinds of witchcraft to conjure up the spirit of Samuel. Because they needed the guy. A whole nation needed one guy who was already dead. Do you know how many Christian men's books we've read who are dead and they've imparted into us something? These books imparted into us something. They were long dead. Paul is dead. But brother, you can read a gospel and boom, the power of God comes upon you. We preach from Paul and the power flows. You can't tell me we don't need Paul. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Tell your neighbor, be planted. Mugambe, tomotia. Oba, you want another gospel? This year you're going to get an aeroplane. <laughs> you see, they're already happy, huh? Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says that they watch for your souls. 
as they that must give account for you. So in Romans 13, he said that let every soul, let every soul be what? Subject to what? Higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Let me tell you, every order of appointment. Listen, if you don't feel that one guy can be your head, look for another one, but get someone. It's like the order of marriage, eh? women. Those things of women equality, let me tell you. Simanya women emancipation. You talk to me, I talk to you. You speak to me that way, I speak to you that way. If you slap me, I slap you. If you abuse me, I talk back. Who are you? We are equal before the law. Thank God, law, not Lord. I'm not saying also husbands, put them on the wall and slap them. You understand? Because there's a guy who sings, uh-huh. <laughs> No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you get your wife and slap her, treat her any way you want. And men, frustrating women is the worst thing. You remember in Peter, Peter 3, listen, listen, don't clap. In Peter 3, you see, that portion of scripture annoys me. He says, likewise, it not God. He says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with women according to knowledge. Uh, no, let me say it in Luganda. That is abusing. According to knowledge, giving honor and as unto the weaker, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayer not your prayers be not hindered. You're praying, but your wife has done like this. Why you annoyed me? Thank you. How could you do that? Pastor Nixon, you're seeking God in the morning for the Holy Ghost to move in Fanero, and you're preaching that day, and your wife has you bring a man in the name of Jesus. Walk. Blind eye open, I don't see. That. I'm so not hearing you. It is not fair. <laughs> Even as God should have given us a scripture where your prayers can't be heard. But for you, every time your prayers are like this, even when you annoy us. Anyway, but there is a catch also on the issue of submission. The Bible says, for the sake of the angels. That means that if you claim in this world that there is a ministration to you, woman, regarding the angelics, don't frustrate your husband also. For us, it's prayers, but for you, it's angels. He says, for this cause ought the woman to have power over her wife for the sake of the what? Because of the angels. 
Do you know that the angelic hosts can't minister to unsubmitted women? They can't. <laughs> they can't. But I'm praying every day. What have Italian apostles submit? Maybe it's the reason why you've failed. The angelics are not responding the way you need them to. Why? You don't have power over you. Amen. Emancipation, we are equal. Listen, you need a power over you. In the name of Jesus. But because he said all powers are ordained from? From God. God is the one who ordains all powers. All powers are of God. There's a reason why the Lord placed you there. You see? And I always tell women, submission is not weakness. Listen to my CD called Virtuous Woman. Reloaded. Submission is not what? Weakness. Some people think, yeah, how can he press me? How can, how, can he, how can he press me? Okay, you continue. Okay, you press him. Do you understand? For the sake of the angels. That means angels get pissed when you answer your husband in a certain way. They just get pissed. They say, ah. You understand? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I have come to the realization that what is killing people is that there is a certain seed that was produced in the church, eh? in the Christians a few years ago. And that's why even our people who are like fathers are also not submitted to anybody above. So if you ask some of our fathers in the faith, who is your father? So we don't have grandfathers in the spirit. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So, why do you expect to reap what you've not sown? Why won't you produce a certain kind of seed? You understand? A certain kind of what? Seed. Even in Leviticus, he talked about it. He spoke of a place where men mingle seeds. They just mingle their seed. And he told him that you shall keep all my statutes. You shall not let any domestic animals share with a different kind of animal. And you shall not sow your field with what? Mixed seed. Some of you are receiving mixed messages. Luke 8, 11, the seed is the word. You're going to a deliverance thing. You have demons now today. You don't have. You're under grace. You're under law. You understand? You're, you're neither hot. You're neither cold today. You're black tomorrow. You understand? You're, you're listening to one message. Then another day they put another one in you. Then another. So your seed is mixed. Your seed is mixed. It's mingled. And he says, and don't mix your garment also. May I have three spiritual fathers. <laughs> this father is for me. Is my spiritual father for, for health. This one is my spiritual father for ministry. This one is my spiritual father for finances. This one is my spiritual father for marriage. So all of them are my fathers. No. No. Even in Deuteronomy 22, 11, he said it again. He said, Deuteronomy 23, 11. He said, thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts. Some people have garments of diverse sorts. I have two people in my life. Then this one does this. But you see, do you know that when you mix your garment and seed, you produce a seed of rebellion in you. Something in you becomes rebellious. You cannot serve two masters at a go. You love one and hate the other. Hallelujah. But you see, if it has to begin with a place of planting, Banange, let us accept that every man in this room should be submitted to somebody. Stop being your own apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, healing evangelist. Listen, stop.
hope. Why? Because you're going to grow old and you're not going to produce fruit. Do you know how much indifference is in men who don't even care anymore about fruit? Because if you ask them what is fruit, they don't even understand what fruit is. I studied churches before and I had to go to see under a certain garment. You think I was stupid? I wasn't stupid. I realized one thing, that if I'm not submitted under a certain garment, I'll have issues. He probably also never told me the gospel. Probably he did. He found me preaching. But you see, I needed to get under a certain cover for my sake. For my sake. For my sake. So that I'll also have a story to tell people who are under my covering. But if they ask me, who is your father? And then I... You understand? Eh? Listen, how do you expect men to submit to you when you have not submitted your life? How do you expect people to listen to you when you have nobody you listen to? You see, let me tell you something about this life here. I've realized that garments work with, with territories. Garments work with territories. Do you understand? What, what the Lord has dealt in Paul is easy to transfer to Timothy. But there are certain men who get into certain territories of the spirit and they are very indifferent. Very indifferent. Because let me tell you one thing, whether you want it or not. As we continue to grow in God, there is a place where God still will respect that rank, that place of who is above you, regardless of how right or wrong they are. I tell you the truth, Pastor Zach. God could not have spoken like any other slave in the house of Eli. He had to speak like Eli. Samuel, he comes. You called me. I didn't call you. But you see, God can't use another voice to talk to this boy. He needs to borrow the voice of his father. He needed to borrow that voice. Second time, you called me. I didn't call you. Third time, you called me. And the Bible says, and then Eli perceived that God, he knew it wasn't a devil. Why? Because God could not, listen, the boy, the Bible says, ministered to God under Eli. Did I mean that Eli is your God? No. The Bible says that the boy ministered to the Lord under Eli. That is why in Colossians 3, he says, do all things as unto the Lord. Because we want to shift the church from Thessalonica, are you hearing me? To Corinth, to Philippe, to Macedonia. And one time I want to preach about money and explain the difference. The church of Thessalonica is like a babe. They know nothing. He has to work with his own hands. In Corinth, he teaches them to give and they are receptive. He reminds them of a time when they haven't. But he still believes in them. Are you hearing me? He goes in Philippe. They are givers. They do everything for the sake of the gospel. And now he tells them, my God shall supply all your needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And the Thessalonica Christian also claims it. He said that you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then you don't see results. And then you ask yourself why. But God wants to get us even from Philippe to take us to Macedonia. The Bible says that the brethren of Macedonia gave more than, gave more than. You give your life. You give everything that you carry for Christ. That's what you do. That's why we do the things we do. That's why we do the things we do. Because we carry a hope in our spirits that truly God is working in us and we have a certain story to lay down our lives. But some of you even tithing in your home churches is a problem. 
in your home churches your home churches where you come from it only proves you don't believe in it it only proves you don't believe in it it's a shame do you understand where I'm coming from the Macedonian church says they gave all that they had and the Bible says and they gave themselves unto us but firstly unto the Lord you find guys who give to the work of God and then you find guys who also give themselves you understand they don't just the Bible says and this they did not as we hope but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of the Lord they give they do everything they'll work for the work of the gospel and then after that also submit themselves for the work of the ministry that's why we have to be but you see we cannot do that if we are not planted wherever you were in your home church don't be too blessed to clean a chair don't be too anointed to serve don't be too smart to do what you're supposed to do it only means you don't believe because where your treasure is your heart is also if you can't treasure the gospel and the ministry of the gospel. Where is your heart, sir? Woman. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Do you know why? I was telling people the other day. Have you ever seen a Roman Catholic church that is under Bibati? It's only the Pentecostal movement people. Don't they have money? They do. They don't just believe. Have you seen any Anglican church in Ritz? No. It's only in the Pentecostal born again faith. Who speak a lot of tongues and do miracles, signs and wonders and prophesy and heal the sick. And cast out devils. It's a shame. It's a shame. The other day I was reading the Roman Catholic Church has enough money to sustain its programs for the next 300 years by the money they have in Vatican. Christians don't even think, let us do this for God. They don't even think. So, what glory are we living for? Do you know how many Christians just come for healing, answered prayer, miracle? They go back home. What? When will you ever raise your hands and say, God, what do you want with me? You deal, what do you want with me? Listen, you're in the gospel for gain. Jesus is like another transaction story. He's like a stock exchange market. He's not a relationship person. How are we going to raise another generation with people who think that way? How? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Okay, don't do it yet. Do it in your home churches. At least prove to God, listen, what you believe in, you must pay price for. With your life. Because you believe in it. If you don't believe in it, first sit back and believe. We shall preach to you to believe. But there has to come a point where you must know that now I think I've matured to believe. If this is the gospel and they tell you go for street evangelism, go for street evangelism. If we tell you go to the hospital and do healing meetings, go to the hospital Carry an individual and bring them to church and tell them, look, come, let's go and pray. Preach wherever you are. There are people here, you've spent five years. How many people have you want to Christ with your own mouth? You have not one, even one. So, is the need of heaven even revealed to you? Do you even understand the palpitation of the heart of God? We don't even preach the gospel. You don't even win souls. You get to them, they come for counseling every day and none of them comes to tell you, Pray for me that God can use me to win souls. No, it's either my husband or my mother. My wife has failed. My child is sick. It's always what they need. But what about what heaven needs? What about what heaven needs? God plant us. God plant us. If there has to be one desire that is always in our hearts, it says, God, use us 
He said, he has to get to a point where he spends us and we are spent for the gospel. That when we are done, people realize, no, this woman believed in that God. She believed in that God. I'm telling you the truth because some of you, we have to grow up. You understand? Probably you don't even have a job. It's okay. Preach. Do something for the gospel. Do something. You don't even necessarily need to give money. Avail your time. Come at 5.30 while people are in chairs and just intercede and say, God, I might not have this, but let me just pace and pray. Let me just pray. Let me just pray. Because something has to happen in our generation. We have to have another definition of God. But you see, God is looking for people who are given in. They are given in. We have to sell our souls. Some of us are in too comfortable zones. You understand? You spend your whole day on a computer speaking to something that can't speak back to you. You understand? And then you wake up and then you go to get a miracle. So you wax fat. Then you go back to your computer. Then you go and get a miracle to wax fat. You're living that year, one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. What have you done in the gospel? What have you done for God? Are you planted? Because anything planted produces fruit. What is your fruit? Listen, any member of Fanero, any member of Fanero, before the end of this year, at least win 10 souls. Tell it to God now. And tell him, God, any member of Fanero, tell God, by the end of this year, I must win 10 souls. Put it in your pledge. Preach, let them refuse. But get another one and preach. Give something to God. Be planted. Produce some fruit wherever you are. Today the church has become competition, technical polemics. We are debating between each other which doctrine is right and which doctrine is wrong. Who is this and who is that? Who is doing it the wrong way? Who is doing it the right way? I'm cleverer than this one. The Lord told me this. You understand? At the end of the day, we are missing the bigger picture of why we were anointed and called. They get their own boy, Jesus Christ, through the process of rites of passage, take him to Jerusalem to celebrate with him because he has made 12 years. And it was known that a child at the age of 12 has matured. You understand? This guy is 12 years old. And then after that, they forget him in the temple. The Bible says they move 12 day journey. Celebrating a feast when they have forgot their own boy. In the... So people have been involved in many things except the gospel. They left Christ very far. Their traditions, human doctrines, funny thoughts. Jesus is still in the temple, in the synagogue. They've moved days away. Then they ask, oh my God, we don't have our boy. Which parent forgets a graduate? Which parent forgets a boy they're going to save? That's how the church is. Men have walked way away from God. They carry forms of godliness. But without the very power thereof. I'm sorry if I offended you. Raise your hands and speak to Jesus. Somebody speak to Jesus. Just take a minute. Tell God to plant you. Get a place you belong. Go back to your home church. Do something. Wherever you are.
Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus that plant us. We ask you by God in the name of Jesus, plant each one of us. Use us. Avail ourselves. God, deal with us. If, if, if we have 10 years on earth, 20 years on earth, 50 years on earth, let them count in your presence, God. We will die disappointed men before we get to the vanities of this world without a story regarding our lives. God help us. God deal with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here and you want to give your life to Christ and you're not born again and you say, me, I want God now. Put up your hand and we'll lead you in a confession prayer. Is there somebody? Is there a hand somewhere? I don't see it. Is there somebody? Anybody else? If you want to give your life to Christ and say, God, today I want to accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Put up your hand right now. Thank you, Lord. If you just put up your hand, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you're the Lord of my life and I'm born again in Jesus' name. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.